just to just to kind of introduce full access i want to wind back the clock to almost exactly a year ago when we just heard covid first time lockdowns and i had a sense that god was saying hey we're going to really have to shepherd people and pastor people at the end of this to come out of it to open up their lives to bigness again because lives would get small worlds would get small and we would have to open things up again and so let me just go back uh, and rehearse some of that in terms of just uh, what that might mean. So if you remember, there's a quality of personality called being open. It talks about how open individuals are characterized by a broader and deeper scope of awareness, by a need, here's that word, to enlarge and examine experience. They're imaginative, aesthetically responsive, empathic, exploring, curious, and unconventional. It's like, that's what it means to live open. But then the opposite side, person who scores low on this, tend to be closed and conventional. They prefer the familiar rather than the unknown, and they have a rather narrow range of interests. And I felt that after COVID, we were going to have to help people open up their worlds again. And the reason was not because we needed them to do that to make church work. The reason this is this kind of a bit of a buzzword for their well-being. It's kind of a word that's around a lot. It showed the 2019 budget in New Zealand was called the well-being budget. Uh, and, and it is a kind of a bit of a buzzword, but I, what I learned, there's a whole back end to it of a whole lot of research, not only on what well-being looks like, but how to get there. So there's a study, Five Ways to Well-Being, that was uh, then adopted by the New Zealand uh, Mental Health Foundation and uh, summarized in these five things. And this is even to farmers like, do this to open up your life again. Do these things so your world doesn't become small. And uh, when I read them, if you're, some of you might remember, it's like, oh man, these, the, these first two connect and give us like, that's what we do at church. We're here to help people open their lives to each other, but then to give themselves to a cause that's bigger than themselves. And interesting, the other ones, you know, take notice, be active, keep learning. In New Zealand, we really kind of, we really resonate with this, but we're actually not very good at those first two. And the good news, that's the core business of church, helping people get connected and open up their lives to something bigger. Um, there was a study of this done in New Zealand, and it's quite, it was quite disturbing. Many adults in Aotearoa have low levels of well-being with just one in four reporting high well-being. Like, we don't want to go back to the old normal. It wasn't very good for 75% of us. And it's like part of the church's role is to help people to open up their lives and to particularly to open up their lives to other people and to a cause that's bigger than themselves. Uh, interesting discussion, you know, they talked about a core component of strong relationships is the art of this, providing help and support for others. And this incredible statement, research suggests that receiving support is beneficial to one's health. However, there's a growing body of evidence demonstrating that giving support, this, may be more beneficial than receiving support. And it's like, hello, Jesus actually said this 2,000 years ago. It's more blessed to give than receive. It's like, we need to teach people to open up their worlds. Jesus said, this is how to do life well. Open up your life to a bigger cause than you. Um, they also said this, the amazing statement, giving support is associated with a lower mortality risk, whereas receiving support has no significant effect on mortality. Again, Jesus said this, whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. 
Matthew 16, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. Peter says this, um, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. I mean, this is biblical truth for people's well-being. Hey, open up your life. Open up your world to something that's bigger than yourself. They talked about um, people who do that more likely to have greater self-esteem, greater sense of self-worth, rate their health more positively. And interestingly, the statement, interventions to promote this, you that's what we do as church, may reduce prevalence of rates of isolation and loneliness in Aotearoa. Loneliness and isolation, both actual and perceived, are clear predictors of poor mental health outcomes, including but not limited to clinical depression and anxiety. You can all sum it up in this model of uh, Maori uh, mental health that says, yeah, there's spiritual, there's emotional, but everything is for this, ho order, the sake of well-being. I love the fact that we're in the business of saying to people, hey, for your well-being, you need to open up your life. For your well-being, you need to be part of something bigger than yourself. And, and, and if COVID was kind of summarized that, here, here's my argument, if you like. What we've experienced in COVID is like a microcosm of something that we face every day, every year, every decade, which is this. Don't let your world become small. Don't let your world close in on itself. You need to open up because you have full access to God, because you have full access to the promises of God, because you have full access to the resources of God. And your life is going to feel better. You are going to experience well-being if you live like that. And so I, I want to talk about what does that look like around these two things? What is a limitless faith, a faith that doesn't put limits on God and specifically a faith that does not settle? And I want to do that by looking at uh, the life of Abraham, who's the father of faith, and see how, how this was a recurrent pattern. I got great news for you. You are going to face this challenge continually over and over in, in your life, this thing that life is just closing in. And I need to choose to unsettle. I need to choose to open up. I need to choose to get a bigger faith again. And then I want to show not only the father of faith, Abraham, but then the champion of faith, Paul, of how that worked in his life. So let's have a look at Abraham. Um, if you know the story of Abraham, it's in the Old Testament. You'd go to Genesis chapter 12, where it says this. Again, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household. And it's like, Abraham, I'm about to unsettle you because there's more. And then you read the promise. It's not a lot of specifics, but it's big and, it, and it's got the backing of heaven. I will make you into a great nation and I'll bless you and I'll make your name great and you'll be a blessing. And down the bottom, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Do you get the, the essence of faith? Abraham, you're living in this world. I'm about to break it open because there's something much bigger out there for you. There's something fantastic out there for you. And so in response to that, it just says, um, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. And he set out, it's like, here's a limitless faith that says, God, you spoke to me in a context and I was willing to step out of that and go after something bigger. But here's the interesting thing. Uh, I said you'd go to Genesis chapter 12, but actually the story ch starts in the previous chapter, chapter 11, the last few verses where it says this, Terah, who was Abraham's father, took his son Abraham, his grandson Lot, and the others, and they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But this, but when they came to Haran, they settled. And he lived there 205 years and he died there. And, and this is, they started over here, 
and the promise, there's something over here for you. And because this is all desert, they kind of had to do a dog's leg around it. But what, here's what happened. They set out, but halfway to their promise, they settled. And, and, and so Genesis 12 is not the initial encounter. It's actually God reminding them. And that becomes clear in Acts chapter 7, where it says this. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. And that's where he said to leave your country. So God didn't, Abraham didn't just truck along with his dad to here and then feel called. No, Abraham was called back here. And for whatever reason, whether it was his dad saying this is enough, whether it was pressure, whatever, we don't know. But for some reason, Abraham settled halfway to his promise. And maybe some of us have done that, but I got great news for you. The word of God came again to Abraham as it will come to you. And God said, no, Abraham, don't settle here. There's more for you. There's a greater inheritance for you. The backing of heaven is for something that lies out on your future. And Abraham as the man of faith had the courage to unsettle again and to go after something. Um, some of the translations make this clear. The Lord had said, oh yeah, this wasn't the first time God said this. It was God renewing his promise. And so I got great news for you. If you find yourself in a place where you've settled halfway to the promise, God's promise returns and he gives another opportunity to venture out again. You know, he was 75 years old. It's like you're never too old. It's never too late to pick up the dreams and visions and promises that God gave you. Um, the exciting thing is, well, here's the challenge, though. They settled. And it's like, there's the threat to full access. There's the threat to limitless faith. When you settle for something, and I was thinking about this word, it kind of has two senses, to settle down, to settle in, but also to settle for. Oh, I was believing for this, but maybe this is as good as it gets. Oh, I was believing for this, but I'm disappointed, or I'm hurt, or I'm bitter. Don't settle halfway to your promise. The interesting thing, though, is with Abraham, he had the courage, he had the faith to unsettle again and go after his promise. But, but this is the thing I love. Three chapters later, he's back in the same position again, which was why I think this is a, this is a continuing problem. This challenge of COVID is like, don't close in, open up. You are going to face that kind of challenge all of your life. Because uh, three chapters later, Genesis 15, the word of God comes to Abraham again. Don't be afraid, I'm your shield. Different translations say your very great reward or your reward will be great. Again, there's this promise. Abraham, there's something big out there. Abraham, there's a full backing of heaven. And Abraham seems a bit grumpy and annoyed by it. He's like, Lord, I know my world. What can you give me since I remain childless? It's like, here I am. I'm not settled geographically, but this, I'm settled in this reality. I have no children. Like, the, the future's not gonna be great. And, and um. And you've given me none. And then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is of your own flesh will be your heir. And it's like, Abraham, open up your life again to possibility. Don't, through disappointment, don't shut down the full access that you have to the promises of God. Open up again. And this is a bit of a preacher's cliche, but verse five is a key verse. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. And this if indeed you can count them. This is where I get this concept, limitless faith. 
This is a point. He couldn't count them. It's like, come out, start counting the stars. And there's just more and more. And actually, it's a trick question because the longer you stay out there looking, the more, you eyes, the more your eyes adjust, the more stars you see. But it's like God had to break Abraham out of a little life and go, Abraham, it's limitless. Your future is actually limitless. It's like gazing at the galaxies. There's, there's no limit to it. Um, and, and verse six, interesting conclusion to this. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited to him, he credited it to him as righteousness. For Paul, this is pretty much the most important verse in the Old Testament. And it's, the, and it's in the context of someone living the life of faith that says, God, I, I can't, I know this is my reality, but you've promised something and God, I can't understand it, but I believe you. And I pray today for full access. Something would come alive in your heart that says, God, I can't figure this out in my mind, but I believe you. I believe my my future is unlimited. I believe in limitless faith. I'm not gonna settle for my status quo. It's such a great thing. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, I was camping. My wife and I were camping. So that's our tent like Abraham. We didn't have a camel. We had a car, but we're in a tent. And um, it's kind of set up quite well. Uh, it's, it's my wife. I'm surprised how many women, when they see this photo, notice the mat. Yes, my wife organizes the tent really well, and it's all great. But I was thinking about this message one evening, lying in our tent and thinking, this was kind of Abraham's world inside a tent. Like, it's all organized. There's a jug, there's a toaster, there's food, there's some chairs. It kind of, but, but it's all very contained and there's not a very big horizon. And it's like, that's how our life ends up. It's like, okay, I'm managing this little reality and it's kind of working for me. And then God said to Abraham, come outside. This isn't my photo, by the way, but this is Mount Taranaki. And and again, at a camping ground, it's interesting when you go out at night and the air's cool and it's quiet and there's a cool breeze and you look up at the sky and it's like, that's where God took Abraham and said, Abraham, start trying to count the stars. Abraham, I'm trying to, I'm trying to break something open in you. I'm trying to establish something that there's a limitless faith. Your future, you, you have full access to the promises of God. And, and don't confine, don't settle for the world of your tent. That's another shot. It's like, you can't count it. And, and the very invitation to start counting is to draw out, oh, I count, oh no, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. It's like, it's unlimited. And so I love this idea that God again unsettled Abraham. Okay, I journeyed to this place halfway. I got settled there. No, no, there's more. Okay, I journeyed on, but then I'm thinking there's no kids. No, Abraham, there's more. And so I, I, I dare to challenge you that you will find yourself at these moments when God says, hey, there's more. Don't settle for your current reality. Famous Psalm, he brought me into a spacious place. God wants to keep breaking open our lives, opening us up to the full backing of heaven, to what he's wanting to do. So the two challenges, I don't want to settle halfway to the promise and I want to keep allowing God to provoke me. Come on, can you count the promises? Could you put a limit? No, you can't. Come on, we serve a limitless God and so we follow a limitless life of faith. Um, I was thinking about this with the Apostle Paul. So 
Abraham as the father of faith. Apostle Paul was kind of the champion of faith. And, and there's a couple of passages in Philippians which show how he lived this out. So Philippians 4, famous passage, you know, I've learned to be content. I've learned the secret of being content. It's like, Abraham's like, yeah, I'm, I've learned to kind of make peace with my current reality. And, but that's one half of the equation. But then the chapter before, he actually says this. And listen to this. This is the heart of a limitless faith. This is the heart of a man who refuses to settle. Have a listen to this. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forsaking what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And you might think, oh, that's very nice. Listen, he's in his 60s. He's in prison. You probably can't read all this, but the time kind of flow of him, he's, he's already, Philippians is down here, he's already written nine books of the New Testament. He's written a third of the New Testament and he's got, he, there's more books than anyone else in the Bible, but he's like, I'm not done yet. There's more, I don't want to set a limit on what God's going to do. His journeys, he, he's, he's done mission around uh, Turkey. He's done mission into Greece. He's now in Rome and he's like, I'm not done yet. There's more. He, he models a limitless faith that refuses to settle. And I want to provoke you today. Come on, just like COVID kind of tends to make our world small and we choose to open up for our well-being. That's a theme that's going to happen over and over again in your life. Don't let your worlds get small. Don't let them settle. Come on, serve a limitless God who invites an attitude of limitless faith. Um, if you know his story, it's, it's often drawn in these kind of circles of his missionary journeys. And something interesting, like the, this, this is his first one. He kind of does a loop around Eastern Turkey. It's like, oh, that's my world. And then suddenly his world opens up and he's like, oh, no, I'm going to loop all around to Western Turkey. I'm not going to look at the verses, but there's a famous incident when he's kind of plotting his mission in here. And he has what's called this Macedonian dream when Macedonia is an area of Greece. And he sees this man who says, Paul, come over here. And if you know the history of this, this is actually the bridge uh, of Europe. And it's like, Paul, don't settle for Turkey. Come on, there's a whole world out there of Europe. And Paul dared to go in his next journeys and evangelize Greece. And then he dared to go and evangelize in Italy. Listen, he changed the course of history for the next 1500 years because he didn't settle just to be an apostle in here. He said, I'm going to break open Europe for God. And uh, fascinating when he writes the book of Romans, he's like, oh, I'm going to come to you when I plan to go to Spain. Um, and, and I'll go to Spain and visit you on the way. Like he keeps thinking in terms of bigger areas. He keeps, he keeps, no matter what God's done in his life. I mean, he's 60s in prison facing possible death. He could have gone, yeah, it's been a good run. I've done really well. God's done amazing things. But instead he goes, no, there's more. I refuse to settle because I serve a limitless God. I have full access to the promises of God. Uh, those pictures remind me of a phrase that sometimes Pastor Sam says, draw a larger circle. And it's like, yeah, this is my current reality that I've been living in. But God invites me to step out of it and gaze at the stars and go, there's a whole lot more. And how do I respond to that? Go, I'm just going to draw a bigger circle to take in a bit more of that this year. 
And then I'm going to draw an even bigger circle to take a bit more of that next year. And I'm going to keep drawing bigger circles because I choose not to settle here, but I live in this tension between my current reality and this limitless promise of God. Um, The actual verse then, the biblical principle is this. Okay, I'm camped here. I've got these promises out there. What do I do? This is what Isaiah says. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. I got great news for you as we look about this full access. If you'll kind of agree with God, man, I'm not going to settle. God, there's more. God, remind me of those promises. God, remind me of those dreams again. God, take me outside the tent and let me start trying to count the possibilities. And and when I grasp that, God will say, okay, now just stretch out and take in a bit more of that reality. Now stretch out again and take in even more of that reality. Come on, stretch out again and take in a bit more. I was thinking about this in my life. This has happened over and over again. You know, at 21, like you've got all your plans for a career. No, step out and launch uh, for my particular journey in Christian ministry. You know, being involved in youth work in New Zealand and suddenly step out of the tent and see see the lost and the poor of Asia. And it's like, no, enlarge your tent to take that in. Come on, how are you going to minister to that? It's happened over and over again, but probably many of you have heard the story about the most significant one eight years ago. Again, had a, had, you know, managing my tent while I was running a college in Christchurch, had navigated the earthquakes. We'd done a $500,000 building project, just started a degree in counseling there. We'd managed getting my mom into our home, had a daughter and granddaughter. It was like, I felt like I was doing a good job. And then Pastor Bruce came to me one day and he just said, hey, I think you need to resign from your job. I think you've got too comfortable. And a couple of days later, I was like, ah, bother, he's right, I'm bored. And it's like God was unsettling me again and going, come on, Steve, there's more. And I could have looked and gone, no, this is a pretty complex world that I'm juggling. But God was calling me to unsettle again and go out for something. And I was just sharing with some people on Sunday, you know, thinking back the last few years, just from last year, Toby and Kika going back to Hungary to help plant a church in Budapest. Um, Tom and Anna going back to England with a dream to plant a church in another city. Uh, Guy Keenan from the Philippines going back to plant a church in the middle of the Philippines. The year before, Matt and Abby Bruce going to take over a church in New Plymouth. The year before that, the Muffini's going to Palmerston North to plant Equippers. The years before that, Equippers Munich, Equippers Ghana. And it's just like, I could have said, God, no, no, my world is, is quite already big enough. Thanks, I managed, my tent is real organized, I got this. But God says, come on, Steve, have a limitless faith. Come on, don't settle. I'm so glad that I didn't settle eight years ago. And and the things that I get to touch now, actually, I couldn't count all that God's doing. And so I wonder for you, are you ready to do this? Let me just, in summary, and, and, and and I invite you to think about what's the application for you. That feeling in COVID when your world gets small and it's like, man, I've got to choose to connect again. I've got to choose to come out to services. I've got to choose to be part of group. So I've got to choose to serve in youth. I've got to choose to give to miracle offerings. I've got to choose to turn up at share. That kind of feeling is something that you're going to wrestle with all your life. And, and these two key thoughts, man, I don't, I don't want to settle. God, and just I invite you, God, have I settled somewhere? 
Have I settled somewhere halfway to the dream? Did I get disappointed? Did I get hurt? Did I face some setbacks? Did I get offended? Did my family say, no, this far and no further? Have you settled? And if you have, I've got great news for you. God comes again and gives the dream again. Come on, there's more. Come on, you have full access to the promises of God. You have full access to the backing of heaven to see something great happen. But then also part of that is this Genesis 15, that in times like this, and I I don't know, maybe you imagine this, in the busyness, the hustle and bustle, the confines of life, like living in that tent, it's all organized, but it's pretty crammed and we're pretty busy, that God just invites you to step outside and it's quiet and it's cool and it's still and he says, look up at the stars. Start trying to count them precisely because you can't and start to dream again wow we we could start a business in this place or if I got a degree in this that would open that door and then this would happen or or man as we could start a church we could get someone in New Plymouth but then but then I start to see other stuff but then there's a whole ring of towns around there of Inglewood and Stratford and Eltham and Hara and Opanaki and Lucada and Okra and, and it's like oh man I could get involved in, in this area but then these doors would open and I start to see more stars and more stars and more stars and it's like man if I'm going to live in full access the only thing stopping me is when I limit God, when I draw the tent down, when I settle. And I I want to stand out in that place and gaze up at the stars. And I want to hear God go, come on, begin again. Go out again. Don't settle for this. Maybe some of you right now are in that space and you remember promises. You remember dreams you had when you were a young girl, a young man. Maybe God's bringing them back to mind. Come on, you could go again. And then my response to that is what? To draw a larger circle. Yeah, I've got these challenges or whatever, but actually I'm going to factor in starting a degree. I'm going to factor in serving in this ministry. I'm going to factor in starting the sideline business. I'm I'm not going to let my life get small. I'm going to draw a bigger circle of my life because what I feel God coming in behind me and saying, Enlarge the place of your tent. Come on, stretch it out. Come on, don't hold back. Come on, there's something bigger for you yet. There's something something more exciting for you yet. Come on, we serve a God who's unlimited. You have full access to all the resources of heaven. The only thing that's stopping you is when you zip down the tent flap and go, this is enough. Hey, I don't know how you connect with God. If it's um, close your eyes or raise your hands or stand, I'd love to pray for you. Let's pray. Father, as you came to that man 4,000 years ago, you challenged him to dream. God, you come now to every young man, young woman, mum, grandma, businessman, teacher, nurse, And you sow dreams that awaken something, that it's good for us. It's part of our well-being to dream big. 
And God, we, we dare to trust you to do that. We dare you to allow you to name the places where we've settled. We dare to allow you to call us out of the tent and say, hey, just journal those dreams. Write down those visions. Share with someone what you've been thinking. And then, God, I love the fact because you're a practical God. Show us the next step where we draw a larger circle and we start to lay hold of that reality. God, right now, may we stand in that place, out in the cool of the night, quiet, and it's just you saying, count the stars if you can. God bless us this year, we pray. Thank you that you've given us full access. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.